You say over air conditioning like it's a like it's um a disease like a, a some kind of some kind of symptom or um well so when I lived in Dubai so the average temperature is like forty to forty five degrees Celsius um that's like a hundred to one hundred and fifteen Fahrenheit and everything was over air conditioned so and you walked a lot of places and so I we you'd have to always bring like a sweater or a shawl everywhere you went because everything was over air conditioned. So you would walk there. And now mind you, when I was there, which has changed a little bit recently too, like you couldn't show your shoulders or your knees as women. So you would, I would have to always wear shawls. So everything was over air conditioned. So it was a term that um, I used a lot when I was there because you'd be freezing. It's 45 degrees outside. And then you go into a building and you're freezing. So they just over air conditioned everything. I still get that here when you go in a grocery store sometimes. If you go into yeah, the grocery go, store, it's bloody yeah. cold. <laughs> yeah, Nothing. you go into the cold section. Yeah, when you go to get your produce in a grocery store, you just die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it shouldn't be that way. Oh, well, well there you well, go. Well, grocery stores is different. But I mean, over air conditioning buildings in when it's like 30 degrees Celsius out is just, it's weird. But I love it when I sleep and it's really cold and you get all cocooned, like wrapped up in blanket, like, so yeah. welcome to the OFX podcast. I'm Dave Claxon. Uh, with me as always um, is uh, Aki Achilles athlete, Bethany McChesney. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we were away this weekend at RX1. And um, originally we were going to camp out. And then because it was going to like supposed to rain all weekend and be yucky up there. So we decided we upgraded to a, a trailer, like a you know glamping kind of trailer. And I got like the small bed. It was just me and John and I got the small bed. The kids bed but it was really comfy the mattress was good everything was good but it was like a coffin <laughs> so <laughs> but you sleep really good in it because it's that cold you get all curled up in blanket and, and it's, it's it's great and when you get there is no colder air conditioning than like trailer air conditioning because it goes so fast mm -hmm. it goes roasting hot to freezing cold in no time it's, mm -hmm. it's great it's great um yeah, so we'll start with RX1 because uh, so you didn't make it, you backed out. Millions were disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it was oh, it's such a tough decision to make. And like it, it kind of came down to the wire with the decision that I made, though, to not participate. Um, like I've, I've said before, I love RX1. Like the, the race format, as far as I'm concerned, is one of uh, my favorite for functional races. But I like I've dealt with Achilles issues for a long time now, and the last race just kind of flared everything up. And so just kind of keeping the A races in mind, I decided to take a step back on this one. Um, yeah, so made the call a few days before we were supposed to leave. My heart was still set on going. And if you'd asked me, you know, a week before I was still going, but then I was like, oh, it just, it just, things were not really healing as fast as I had hoped. Um, so yeah, we decided not to go. So. Yeah. I, I imagine there was some, some that were probably disappointed. They were looking for a good race out of you. And then some that were maybe happy that you weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did get some messages from people and I mean, it's, you, you kind of, you want to race the people who are racing at their best, ultimately. And we've talked about this before. Like, you don't, you don't want to have spots on podiums because people weren't there or, you know, the field wasn't that deep. And it's, it's a lot more fun to be in a really good race. Um, and I was really looking forward to that, too, with this last one. Um, but, yeah, I just, unfortunately, it just didn't make sense for me this time. Um, and, you know, when you're adding in uh, 16 hours of driving for us, to do a race because I think too if if the race had been within like a, a short drive I, I might have done it anyways and you know maybe just kind of been a little more careful on the things that flared up my issue but when you're talking about driving eight hours one way race eight hours back and and then you know to maybe have a race where if things didn't go your way you might have to step off it just didn't make sense so yeah a really good race though would have been a lot of fun because I mean this season has been kind of cool with um like kind of the battles that we've had um in the RX1 series and the expert women so yeah I it would have been fun but 
And I, I think it would have been a good one. Would have been a good one for you, despite the fact that it wasn't a ton of running, but it was four K and it was four fast K. You know, like it was flat. Kind of yeah, flat and a little bit on the road, but mostly through kind of uh like very smooth trail. You know, mm. and not like single track, like double wide smooth trail. Like you, Oh nice. Yeah, yeah. You could really you really could have opened up on it. Would it have been wise to really open up? I don't know, because the rest was kind of tiring. I'm really sore. And I'm... Yeah? Yeah, I felt a little beat up. And it was, wasn't was as long effort. I was like 40, 48 minutes, I think. So oh, okay. But, but That's just, a lot shorter than the last one. Yeah, but just a little beat up uh, the traps. And today, like I went to do my workout today, and it was just like, nope, not doing what, what was planned today. Just mm-hmm. going to take it easy and, you know, still went through it but not at the effort level that was planned but uh yeah but it was good um a lot of fun personally for me i i and i I told you this i think it was like my best performance on an rx1 race despite the fact i didn't finish on the podium Mm -hmm. um it was really good i i managed to finally get past a few guys that were really um kind of benchmarks for me to get past especially benoit uh, who generally and um, we talked about him before here. Generally, like Ben was great guy, super good guy, great athlete. And generally what happens is I come into the last movement with a, a slight lead and then he smashes me with skill. <laughs> yeah. So this time, maybe it wasn't quite as skilled a, a finish and I managed to keep, keep the lead. I actually extended a little bit. So that was good. It was great. But uh, he, he put in a good, good race as always. And he's always one of my favorite people to race against. Um, lots of respect for that guy. And but yeah, but my division last year, so last year, my division was like really four guys, five guys. And um, there was kind of three of us that got the podium and then a couple other guys who managed to finish the course. This year, it's just nuts. Like, it's crazy hard. Mm-hmm. And it just keeps getting you're, faster so and faster. You're talking about the expert men. Yeah, expert, expert men. men. Yeah, and I'm like over 45, right? So mm-hmm. we got a couple of new guys in. One guy dropped down from pro into it, and it's just like, it's fast. It mm-hmm. was really fast. But it was good. Um, Some good stuff for me. Everything worked well. And the nice thing for me, I think the biggest thing on this one was, as a general rule, I am crashing at the end of this one. I had energy to spare and was crossing the line, you know, with urgency. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact I don't think I really needed to, but I did anyway. So it was good. It was great. Um, <laughs> yeah. little little bit of rough weather, but it held off good. It was just kind of drizzly. Temperature wise was great. Kept us from overheating. A little bit drizzly. Mm-hmm. Um, the wall walks, uh, <laughs> they were okay for me. They were fine. But a lot of people really finding those wall walks rough. And I do have. Uh, I can feel it in the traps today. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, between the wall box walks and the heavy thrusters, thrusters were heavy. Or not thrusters. Uh, devil presses. Devil mm-hmm. presses were heavy. I made a lot of ground on devil presses. A lot of guys seemed to struggle because for us it was 45 pounds in each hand. And, yeah. um, you know, that's a good amount of weight. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, it was it was one of those races that I think, you know, played to me. The one part, though, so there was after after the two runs, there was a sled pull. And I thought, okay, here's sled pull. I'll make up some ground here. This was my thing. Did it in the practice area. It was nothing. No problem. I got a bad sled, like a bad lane. Oh, and it was on grass. So there could be divots and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so right off the bat, could barely get it to move. It was harder than a high rock sled. You know, and I've pulled the high rock sled. This was harder. Got it going, moving slowly and then got to the middle and then it just got stuck again. So it should have got easier as I went along because the rope gets shorter and it gets easier to pull. (laughs) But it got in the middle and got stuck and was at its worst through the whole thing. So then I finally got it going again. And I was just like, oh my God. So instead of making more ground up there, I actually lost ground and then had to make it up on the complex at the end. Um, But I was like, holy crap. I just thought, you know, maybe it was just me. Who knows what it was. And then I went back later and saw a pro in the same lane and he had the exact same problem. And just mm-hmm. the same thing. Like he was getting passed by a ton of people. He got to the middle and got stuck and just like, oh, like, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. So it is what it is and um you know moved on uh chest of bars went good i just one at a time just single didn't need just single two second break single two second break because i can't link them together so why why hang on the bar and waste energy right yeah drop Mm -hmm. off and do that and then the barbell work went good unbroken on all of it 
you know, the six, five, four, three, two, one ladder didn't have to stop for anything. So right from the deads to the cleans, to the squats, no stopping, boom, 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 all the way through. So it was good. And then, the, mm-hmm. um, then the end, it was great. Um, there, I mean, so that is the end of the Gatineau, Ottawa region thing. And then we're into the finals in August for mm-hmm. us. So that'll be fun. Um, at the end of the year, too, I think I'm gonna, we're going to have to do an episode like where we do with High Rocks and we're doing that where we say these are things that probably should change. These are things yeah. that are good. And we're getting so many people that want to go try RX1 from the States. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of on the verge of actually blowing up a bit <laughs> if if some of these people get out there and give mm-hmm. it a shot. So, but they, but they need to they need to straighten some things away because with yeah. that will come much more scrutiny and people who will be less inclined to give them the benefit of doubt on a lot of stuff so they got to clean up some things um yeah but it's yeah. worth it and i mean we can save that all for another episode but yeah. yeah i mean we've said it before it's definitely one of our favorite races um it's tough to miss um but yeah and this one too was a little bit on the heavier side mm-hmm. also which and then uh not too much running but actually the most amount of running yet that we've had this season so yeah, you do d- very much have to be a versatile athlete to be able to do RX one. And the way the races are designed, it's it's a lot of um, like the cardio at the beginning, low skill based stuff, but still strength based, and then it kind of converges into like high skill based movements at the very end. So you you kind of hit the whole gamut of capabilities um, as a hybrid athlete. So it is kind of my one of my favorite styles of workouts. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're looking for like that kind of Saturday hard hit workout, you know, and you can set yeah. something up because so, you can, you can just set up anything like it in your gym, you know, oh, switch this, switch this, do some running, do some rowing, here's some weights, here's some lifts, here's some carries, whatever, just yeah, get it all up and away you go. And so RX1, I think they're on like their 11th year and they've said too, they've never done the same workout twice, which yeah. is also very cool as an athlete because everything, it, you know, you can kind of like the, you know, with High Rocks and Deca, you're always working on performing better and you have a time-based standards. But then with RX1, I mean, you definitely never get bored as far as a training perspective. And then every race, you just, you race the race, which is also kind of fun because i mean you could not wear a watch which is also very freeing (laughs) you just race the race um yeah so it's just it's a different style of racing and i think you know sometimes our world just needs a little bit more of that or you just kind of have fun and start and you finish and everything else in between is just doing the best yeah for sure um something we did miss this weekend though that we didn't get to take part in and we kind of knew this would be ahead of time Tremblant for Spartan Canada happened and looked like it was a great race. It looked like they had a way better weekend than um, last year because last year was frigid and nasty and yucky and horrible. It looked like they at least got some sunshine this weekend and did a little bit better. Um, some things to keep uh, take away. Uh, Jesse Bruce back out there. Samuel Lee Bear back out there. Um, you know, I, I didn't get a chance because, again, there wasn't much in the way of coverage for these still which is still kind of lacking. And I know without a series, no. it seems hard to do. But considering there's not, I wish they would just put together just like, and I mean, it sound but Spartan Canada, just say, to hell with you, headquarters. You know, not really, but just say, we are just going to make it our own little Canadian series. There's no money. There's no that. We're just going to keep point, keep tabulate points and maybe do yeah. a little podium at the end and get somebody out there to do some kind of coverage and you know what it, it could be someone like us like the one what we did in red deer and what we did in blue mountain that year it it, it mm-hmm. can be that simple it's just something because then people can see it yeah. people can keep track people can you know focus and, and and root for people and be be involved i think right now that's the one thing missing because the open side the the mass participation side of spartan canada is doing fantastic right now yeah. They're doing really well, but the elite side is really kind of suffering a little bit as it is seemingly around. Yeah. But, but yeah, I think that would, that would maybe help a bit. And again, those elite medals I keep pushing for, I'm telling you, it would work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, 
I mean, there it still looked to be a little bit cold. Like I saw yes. a lot of people wearing winter jackets and stuff. But yeah, last year it actually snowed um, <laughs> when we raced Tremblant, and it was so it was very very cold. Um, this so this year looks a little bit better. Um, but yeah, uh, this the Beast Course in Tremblant is honestly one of the hardest Beast courses that I've ever done. And from what I heard, I didn't go this year again. Um, obviously because my plan was never to do Tremblant, but RX one, um, but still like the winners for women, at least were still over four hours. And that's a really long beast course. And this one too, it, they said it was very similar to last year where there was, there's a ton of bushwhacking and, um, extremely technical ups and downs where they're not really sending you on trails, just kind of like sending you through the bush, um, which makes for a long course. And Tremblant is not a small mountain by any means. And then add in some weather factors. So it's not an easy beast. And uh, yeah, so for winners to be over four hours for, and I didn't look at the exact distance, but I mean, last year it was 24K for the beast. Um, that's still, that's a really, that's a really long race. And uh, this was a trifecta weekend too. So yeah, a lot of people came back and then they raced the super the second day. And then the sprint has all been open when they've had trifecta weekends. So no real podiums then for the sprint races on that second day. I, it was a lot of trifecta chasers out there, though. They're still it's still very popular to do that, to, to get out there and chase a trifecta. And it's kind of cool. It is like, I you know, I get that. And those medals get really big when you're getting 13 and 14 and. <laughs> Yeah. And that's when that that's when that whole uh, go back to the like the seasons pass and that um oh my god I don't remember what it called the ultimate pass or whatever the yeah get buried in Sparta pass when <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when that one actually really really actually pays off when you're doing all the, that many things but yeah. I can't imagine the travel those people are putting in. like we went cheap this weekend and it was still expensive and I couldn't imagine going up to Trumbull and staying out there and then doing that like fourteen times twenty times in a year. Man, yeah people got a lot of money <laughs> i know yeah well i mean it's just it's all their extra i don't know yeah it does it does that up quick um so hopefully we can maybe get some more co spartan content out they can maybe get a little more coverage it would be nice don't leave don't don't make fidel do it all on his own yeah mm -hmm. um so deca stuff something i wanted to talk about actually with deca um so I've been putting together a, a list and I'm going to make a post of top 10 Canadian times on Canadian soil, essentially. So top 10 Canadian times, I would go down south and, and get the ones from the Canadians who have performed down south, but it's just way too hard for me to track down. So maybe we'll get into that one time. So right now I'm sticking with Canadian times on Canadian soil. And I haven't got the post together yet because I'm still waiting for some pictures from some people to, to put it together. But what did happen this weekend out in Calgary was the men's... We had a new fastest Canadian man for a strong on Canadian soil. So uh, Matthew McLean did a 12-20 dead. And uh, we put that down just just bumping off Pat, who had a 12-22. So wow. I would love to see both these guys still up it just a little bit more. And uh, and again, as Ash as well, Ash Squire, and hope maybe possibly those three could possibly get in the top 20, which would be so cool. Mm -hmm. um, Ash might still be a little little off a little further off yet but but pat and matthew pretty close man like 12 is not bad that's that's getting up there that's close and there's also uh we might have uh becca king for the women who has done a 13 10 now for deca strong wow good for her so she might um she might be and, and, and i do know all of these people are planning to go to world so maybe becca might be in the top 20 for have our first canadian women in the elite deca final somewhere which would be very cool other than relays of course yeah of course we 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 got that thing down <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we love our relays <laughs> love the relays love the relays looking forward to zach and bubbles doing really well in the relay this year that's uh that's hope and uh maybe some other ones um so yeah that was it for for deca news and then did you get to see any of the savage coverage this weekend um, I mean, I watched a lot of just Instagram post highlights. Um, the women's race seemed to be a lot of back and forth and it kind of came down to that last rig, which caused a major turnover in that podium. Yeah. 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 I mean, Alex had ran out and ran a hell of a race mm -hmm. and then just got shut down. 
Yeah. And I mean, this is the interesting thing with Savage. And this is one of those things when you have races that are mandatory completion and then with Spartan where, you know, you kind of do your penalties and then move on. Like if it had been a situation where it was not mandatory completion, Alex could have won or been on that podium. I don't know her gap, but she came into the final rig ahead. And then, uh, and they, they, of course, before the final rig, there's, um, you're soaking wet and then you come into the final rig and with savage it's always a unique rig so it's not like you've had time to practice it like all of the spartan rigs and yeah failed it multiple times and chris roglowski took it over also failed it once yeah. but got it on her second or third try and then um yeah and then casey monroe and uh jamie horny horianopolis horianopolis <laughs> <laughs> came in and took over the third place on the podium and then Alex came in fourth so Savage just seems to so often come down to that last rig and uh how well you can can kind of navigate a new situation with the last rig so you, really unique race again for the women's side sometimes when Savage has that last rig especially when the women come around I'm like oh my god this is a train wreck <laughs> and, it, and it can be really bad but this time, I think the rig design was kind of on point. I think the difficulty was right where it needed to be. Um, and I don't think it was was chaos. I just think, you know, it caused caused a slip up. And it wasn't easy. It was not an easy rig. And that's cool. That's yeah. great. But it wasn't ludicrous either, as as in proof that many, many of the women got through it. And some some first try. So I thought that was okay. The other thing, though, did you see right after it with, um, with the sling ring again with the tire on the post? Oh, I didn't see that. Well, Alex threw it and then stepped over too close and and it, it shouldn't have counted. They mentioned it on the live stream, like, oh, 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 she left it. And and um and I don't know if there was no one there watching as far as a judge or whatnot, or no one told her that that didn't count. But off so off she went to cross the line. And yeah. um yeah, yeah. So that's Again, I'm not I'm not liking that obstacle to begin with and that it's yeah. caused some issues over and over again so far. That's maybe next year, maybe Savage will we'll ditch that one. Hopefully won't have it at the final, you know, some of the finals. Maybe maybe bring Wheel World back. That would be really nice instead. Yeah. 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 But um yeah, so it it, it that it wasn't great to see. Didn't like that. Um other than that it was pretty good. Ryan Kempson, great race put a you know put in a, a good race with the women though chris has now like put a stranglehold on the series right mm -hmm. like she's won everyone she's been she's been a stranglehold and this goes back to i think the point system is not horrible for mm -hmm. for savage but it does put it in a situation now like this where if anyone wants to catch chris many people have to put it between them so it's not only like you could blow her doors off so you came first place in the next race and blew her doors off by 10 minutes but if no one comes in between you you yeah. just gain one point and this mm -hmm. goes back to why i think that percentage of winner thing that jack bauer is always pushing is such a great idea because if that were the case other people could still make up ground on her here and actually make it still make it race to the finish whereas now it's 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 pretty much home and cool she just needs to show up you know, yeah. show up and put in a, a reasonable effort, you know. Mm -hmm. so I would love for them to consider that next time and go through that. And again, Jack, with the percentage of winner, always, always a good one. Um, it was actually a couple of deck of things we didn't mention. Um, this coming weekend is deck of North Carolina, deck of fit North Carolina, which I will be at running with Tara, hoping to put in, um, hoping to shoot for a podium and get maybe get a qualifying spot there and it should be really good tara is going to be running the individual as well so if you're looking there'll be a live stream i believe on ocr report i believe i'll be a part of that and you can check that out it should be some good racing i'm not sure who else is going out to that one i haven't got a list of entries yet so we'll see who's there and then you have coming up soon your deca mile yep so we're five weeks out now from my deca mile uh, again, another solid course in Canada. Uh, it is set up to, again to be a very fast course. Um, the run portion is just out and back for, through a big open uh, open door out into a parking lot. So if you want to put in a fast deck a mile time, that's July 22nd. It's in London, Ontario at Boss Fitness. 
Um, yeah, we're going to have two lanes going. We have the, the day is designed in a way where we have individual races and then an hour of teams, juniors in the middle, and then same thing, individual races and then an hour of teams. So if you want to come and do your, your individual race, put a team together, uh, and then, you know, have your kids run in the afternoon then from, I think it's 11 to 12 or 12 to one. I don't remember off the top of my head. And then same thing happens in the afternoon. Um, yeah, so it's going to be, it's a really cool facility. So if you want to come out and get in a really fast decamile time, um, this would be the time to do it. And, and there's, this is the thing, you don't know how many, how many chances we have left before worlds because they'll click off fast, especially for the mile. The mile does not happen near as much, right? And with yeah. quick courses. So yeah. yeah, take your shot if you can. And not, and don't forget like the relay thing, freaking awesome. And yeah. we will be attempting to better our score for the relay. Yes, we will. We need to bump. We're, we're in fourth still, still sitting in fourth. Mm-hmm. We need to bump up though. Cause, cause there is a big gap to that first, but I want us, I want us on that podium for, for worlds. We're going mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. to, you think, I don't know. I haven't asked the answer yet. Do we get batons for that one? I think we should get batons for winning that one. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think know. so. I That's think the least. <laughs> I think it's yeah. appropriate. I've got some Rams. I need a baton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have a couple. I need one. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that'll be good. Um, we'll be putting out lots of posts and lots of information about that. So make sure you get signed up before spots run out and put in a good qualifying time for Worlds because yeah. Worlds is going to be great. We're going to have an awesome Canadian contingent going down this year. Yeah. And it'll be, you know, I am looking forward to Dallas. Never been. So it's going to be a good time. Um, other than that, you got anything else or we get to our interview now? Uh, no, that's what all I have for today. All right. So coming up, we have an interview for, with a race director from down in Florida. Uh, the race is native X. I've been following these guys for a long time, paying attention because I think they have put together like the race of my dreams or close to it. You have some short distance running, you have some strength, um, you know, hybrid functional moves, nothing too high skill based. And then you have some decent obstacles put in with it as well. So this is like right up my alley as if I was going to design a race, this is the kind of deal I'd be doing. And they've been doing it down there for a while. I'm actually hoping next January to get down for one of their races down there. I know people would say that's a long way to go for an independent race, but I don't give a crap. It looks really cool. So um, without further ado, Native X. So um, yeah, you know what? Let's just just jump in. I'll work out intros and stuff later on. And sure. we'll just start out with what your name is and, and where you're from. And yeah, I stole that from Obstacle Racing, Obstacle Running Adventures. So kudos, Mike. <laughs> That's funny. No, um, so yeah, my name's Chris, uh, Chris Harris. I'm uh, down in basically West Palm Beach, Florida. Um, and yeah, I'm the uh, race director for the Native X Obstacle Race. I've been doing obstacle racing really, I guess, since probably 2014. Um, first one was a Warrior Dash and, uh, yeah, it's the first time I did one. I got hooked into it. Um, the early days of obstacle racing, I think I loved the most, especially like, you know, when you think of uh, the Battle Frogs, I actually like TMX, um, some of the harder Spartan races. Um, yeah, that's kind of what, what got me into it from the beginning. And that's kind of how we ended up, you know, eventually having our own race like we do now. So, see, I, if Bethany was here, I wouldn't be allowed to talk about TMX because I do it all the time. Because I. <sighs> freaking loved that thing it was a I, I went all the way down to Florida. so we're in toronto i went all the way down to florida to do it and oh cool did, did in miami loved it it was it was probably right up there with the coolest race i've ever done and that's kind of what and a lot of people be asking why am like we run a podcast out of canada why we're talking about a race in florida well simply yeah. stated i've been watching you guys from afar for quite some time now i have some friends uh my buddy tony wade who has been down and done your race and has given rave reviews yeah just said it was great stuff and i'm hoping that races like yours expand so we love the hybrid racing we love the yeah. obstacle racing and you guys are like tmx you're the kind combination of those two yeah. but you seem to have done something that even tmx couldn't pull off where you've yeah. made, made it viable for let's just call it uh, mass participation so yeah. how, how does your race how's your setup like how's your setup work like that? Cause their setup did not work that way. 
but also still fun to where, you know, the, the your average athlete, we can work and can still complete it. Um, uh, one of the ways that we've kind of done that is, you know, making the, the front half of the rig a little bit simpler um, and then the back half of it a little bit more challenging. So I kind of by just design kind of um, allows the, the weekend warrior to get through a good portion of it, which makes, makes them feel accomplished. But then the, the elite people um, still uh, struggle a little bit to get through the, the final thing. Um, and then as far as the, the fitness exercises, the functional fitness stuff, we try to stay away from, um, you know, like gymnastic exercises or Olympic lifting type exercises, nothing that's too skill specific. We, you know, we have the deadlift in our, uh, upcoming race in August, um, which, you know, we feel like everybody should be able to lift some weight off the ground. We have some wall balls, um, again, things that you, you do have to work on. Um, you can, but it'll allow you to show off your strength without having to, like I said, be an Olympic lifter, um, or, or be a gymnast. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you. So for me, and a lot of people have, uh, talked to me and asked me, they're like, how do you define the hybrid racing thing as opposed to how, why is it not CrossFit? Yeah. And- and right there is the different, it's the high skilled movements, right? Right. To me in a hybrid race, you shouldn't have an overhead squat. You shouldn't have a, a barbell snatch. You shouldn't have things like that. It should be basic rudimentary output. 100% agree. Cause um, we, we want everybody that trains at like, I mean, your, your Globo gym, you know, they, they train strength there. Um, we want people that go and do CrossFit, but we, we still want them to be able to compete in a fun race against each other. And I think, like I said, like a sled pull or sled push, everybody can do that. Uh, lifting a weight off the ground, like I said, the deadlift, anybody can do that. Um, wall balls, maybe a little skill specific, but in my opinion, it's really not. So pretty, um, pretty low. I mean, if you can squat, you're fine. Yeah, uh, and exactly. And then the farmer carries, the sandbag carries, all that type of stuff. You can show off your strength without having to, to practice it daily. Yeah, and I haven't I haven't met a CrossFitter yet who doesn't like grabbing a sandbag and throwing it over their shoulder. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. They're all about it and too. That's, that's the thing too. Like, like I've wanted to just as an athlete myself, like go to some. I don't do CrossFit, right? So I don't. Um, I do like to lift and I do like to run, but I don't like doing any of the Olympic lifts. Um, I don't like being inverted. I don't like doing handstand pushups. So there's some, uh, fitness competitions that I'd like to go and, sh- you know, participate in. But every time I look at the, the programming for it, it's like, ah, well, you know, I can't snatch overhead. I'm not going to do that. So, yeah. um, it kind of, kind of keeps me out of it. Um, and then with the, the hybrid racing, um, you know, the, the decas and the high rocks, I love those events. Um, but kind of like like maybe like a 5k to me where at some point you kind of you might get a little bit bored because it's the same thing over and over again um but it's it's also really cool because you get to measure your performance over time and try to hit prs and stuff which i love um so it's a really cool event but the fun of the obstacle racing like is what's missing to me in those type of events and you know that's kind of what we we bring into ours so i think we have kind of like a cool little niche that we get to fill um yeah, and I, and I think just the growth of, of Spartan Decas and, and High Rocks will hopefully help races like ours too. So, I think that, so let's put it this way. If High Rocks was the only hybrid race out there, was the only thing you could do, it would go, it would become stale and become boring, like you say, like the 5Ks and all yeah. that stuff. But because there is High Rocks, because there is Deca, because there's people like yourself running Native X, because there's, like we have RX1 up here, those ones allow high rocks or deca to exist because people like me who like to do it all we don't get bored of that one thing because we're doing a bunch of them yes 100 percent. Right? so if they were the only option yeah i think they get bored and that's why again i, I like you guys and where you fit into the mix because yeah. you're giving people down there anyway something else to do to to keep everything fresh and you know it's one of those rising tide floats all boats yeah you know yeah i totally agree um like I said, I, I still enjoy doing those types of events too. I actually haven't gotten to run my own race yet. So uh, <laughs> that drives me nuts because it's literally like all the stuff I like to do. Um, but uh, yeah, I do. I do enjoy the high rocks. I do enjoy the deck because I try to try to go and do a couple of those events. But uh, I would love to at some point, you know, see some more races, even like ours that maybe have like a slight, slight variation to them um, that I could go and, and, and race in also. So so like lay out your race because I know you have it posted on Instagram. You have your your upcoming race or at least or one of the past ones. Or, but you've got to lay out where you have two different kind of distances. And yeah, yeah, this is actually the first time that we're going to do this. So um, after again, like I said, we try to listen to feedback 
um, from the participants in the race uh, to kind of guide what we're going to do going forward. And one of the things that we um, did see is that we had some of like the, the bigger athletes, um, the stronger athletes that would like something with even heavier weights um, and maybe a little bit less running. And I'd like that too. I think that that's kind of, kind of cool. Um, we're still at the point where you, you have some of the top people, top finishers in our race being, um, you know, I'll, the guy who wins it all the time is Alvaro Vasquez. He's like an awesome yeah. athlete. Um, but he's uh, Oh yeah. He's awesome. They're, the whole fit zone crew is really cool. They've supported our race from the beginning. So shout out to them. Um, but we'd also like to have a race that, you know, the guy who's not just 150 pounds and can run, five minute miles, but maybe somebody that's in a slightly heavier category that can run maybe six minute miles and can lift 225 pounds on their deadlift um, for multiple reps. Um, we'd like to have, we've had feedback where people would like an event like that too, um, to see if that person would have a chance to win. So it would be really pretty impressive to see a guy like Alvaro do win on both. I, I gotta, I gotta admit that'd be a pretty cool thing to see. Um, but I think it would be challenging at his body weight to, to lift these heavier weights. Um, so we might bring in some of those, those athletes that are the six foot guys, six foot two guys that are a little bit heavier, closer to 200 pounds, um, that can run fast and lift heavy. So this is the first time we're doing that. That's going to be a two and a half K race. Um, so we're going to run that one first and then we'll go to our five K race, which we've had, um, over the last two events. And that five K race will be, you know, a little bit, obviously more distance and then the weights will be a little bit lighter. So, um, that's also going to be our open wave will be the, the five K format. So the, all the people in the open wave will be taking uh, a little bit less off the weights. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. 225 is a bit of a hard deadlift for some of the, some of the open waivers. Personally for yeah. me, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a five, seven, one eighty guy. I'm like, yeah, that's great. I'm, I'm all yeah. into that one. That works for me. I mean, I'm actually pretty much what you described, you know, the six minute mile, <laughs> a little bit heavier weights. Right? Yeah. yeah. I think there's a, there's a need for an event like that. So we'll see how the two and a half K goes. I'm, I'm excited to see, see what it does, but uh, both formats, the two and a half K, uh, two and a half K race and the five the K race are going to be set up. We set up all of our obstacles and functional fitness, um, exercises basically in one field. Um, and that's split up into four zones. So you have two obstacles and two exercises in each zone. Um, you do your run, you come knock out zone one, that's two obstacles, two exercises. You go run, come back, knock out two obstacles, two exercises, go run. Um, so you repeat that through all four zones and, uh, and, and that's, you know, like I said, challenging your ability to run, climb and lift. So, um, we're super, we've really enjoyed it. It's also allowed us to be super spectator friendly. Um, so if you're coming to the race, whether you're an elite athlete or an open waiver, you have people cheering you on the whole time. Since everything's in one field, you have that crowd that's just, you know, hyping you up the DJs there. You get to listen to all the music. Um, but our fun is our, our runs are still interesting. Uh, the, the one high rocks that I did, no, I, I didn't love being inside on the runs. Um, I still like being outside. Um, maybe that's just from obstacle racing in the past. So um, I do like that we're still in an outdoor event. Um, so our runs are through, you know, they're off-road, they're trail running. It's not road running. Um, so again, that's another thing that makes us a little bit different. But uh, yeah, no, we're, uh, we're excited to see how it plays out this, uh, basically in August, so August 26th. So a couple of things, and, and the, again, I see you reference this on your Instagram page. And one of the biggest problems that I'm going to completely throw them under the bus is with High Rocks. Love High Rocks. A great spectacle. Uh, they put on this uh, awesome event like that. Yeah. It's just got that feel, that 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 vibe to it. But it's freaking expensive. Oh, yes. All right. And you guys talk about how you are a little more affordable. Yeah, no, we definitely are. Um, actually, they just had the High Rocks down in Miami, which was uh, um, outside. So that was kind of like super attractive to me. It was uh, they held all the events under basically like a giant uh, tent canopy. And then they did all the running out on the sand, which was pretty cool. But um, we're also gym owners. We do circuit tra circuit training style fitness and uh, trying to sell that price. I think it was uh, 180 bucks um starting or something like that to all of my members was just really hard just trying to get them to come down to miami and and take on first off it's a big event it's hard right i mean it's five miles it's uh it's a lot of it's just a, you, it's going to take you an hour and a half probably to do it most people at least um so trying to 
convince them to spend almost 200 bucks and travel down to Miami and get their ass kicked was, was kind of a hard sell for me as like a, a gym owner, even though I really wanted to go do the event myself. Um, but yeah, it's, it's uh, I, I'd liked obstacle racing to stay affordable when, um, you know, the races were 70, 80 bucks. It was something you didn't mind. The, the majority of people didn't mind doing every weekend, you know, like it, it wasn't too bad, but when it starts hitting, you know, double that plus traveling expenses, then it, it kind of gets, it's tough for people. Well, the hotels are freaking nuts right now. Like hotels. Yeah. Oh, you can't get a hotel for like under like a decent hotel for under 150 American. And yeah. especially if you're near, near a, a high rocks or a deck of fit, like so a main event that happens in the cities, you're, yeah, because then you're in an urban area. Everything's more expensive, right? This is like a downtown area. Yeah. Um, I like to do one or two of those a year, but me, most of the time for mine, I end up camping. Like, I'm a camp guy. I go out and camp, and that's oh. why, you know, it's much cheaper. I mean, we're headed to North Carolina, DECA, in a couple of weeks, and we're, cool. we're paying $15 a night for a campsite. <laughs> so That's, that's so yeah, perfect. A little bit cheap. But, yeah, yeah. so what is an, what is a, what is an event for you guys cost, roughly? So yeah, usually it's right around that $70, you know, um, all in to start. So the elite wave, obviously we charge a little bit more. Um, but yeah, the, uh, we try to keep that barrier to entry lower. You know, we want people coming out. We want the spectators there. Like we, we don't even charge for spectators. Um, like I know some races do. So people just get to come in and, and make some noise and, and cheer everybody on, which is pretty cool. So we still have that sort of small, town vibe small family vibe which is really cool about our races like we're really connected with the people that come to the races um we got some good groups that support us throughout south florida and we started to see some people coming in from uh from out of state which is was pretty cool in this last race so and you guys get you get a medal you get a t-shirt the whole swag deal yep yeah yes yeah. So we get uh you get your t-shirt and i'm actually wearing one of them people always compliment us on the t-shirts because we try to have quality t-shirts the medals are quality too we get awards for um overall in the elite uh for masters as well so um so yeah and, and our swag is pretty cool i think so uh i always thought it was important to have cool swag i'm not like a metal guy myself but i always try i know how much it matters to other people so uh we always try to put some effort into those so as you've gone along, and I'll, I'll reference other hybrid races. So, and these, the, kind of talk about some of the issues that come up when you go back to TMX. High Rocks has it, Deca has it. With you guys too, and you do change the movements and stuff. How do you guys deal with judging and stuff like that? Because I know, especially, it seems mostly in High Rocks lately, and Deca has their issue with reverse lunges. High Rocks seems to really have the issue with the wall balls. Yeah. How do you guys get the judging under control? And even <laughs> yeah. in the layout, like it's, it's gotta be difficult. It is a little bit, but, um, you know, each overall, it's only eight movements to really watch. And some of them are, I mean, the farmers carry, you have to just hold up the weights the whole time. Like it, there's yeah. not much to judge there. Sandbag carry. There's not much to judge there. Um, this will be our first time with the deadlifts. So, uh, monitoring the deadlifts, we're going to have obviously our volunteers who are fitness fanatics that are um more anal about uh form obviously on on those exercises wall balls and, and deadlifts i think will be the ones that we're gonna um you know have to watch the most but uh i i do think that in general having the spectators and the way that we set things up um makes you more inclined to really make sure you're doing the rest right because you're gonna get called out right away if it's not by the volunteer that's watching you, then it's by the crowd watching you or it's on camera and you don't want to be the person posted on social media saying, oh, you didn't squat past parallel on your wall balls or, you know, you didn't lock out on your deadlift. So, yeah, I know I, I've, I've posted oh. some myself before and I, I know for, for a prime example, I am terrified to do bad raps because yeah, I've been on the offensive before. <laughs> yeah it, i mean it happens i know a, a lot of times i don't think people do it on purpose i think you just you know people talk about that workout brain it's a real thing like you're just going as fast as you can as hard as you can especially when you're um if you're like an elite participant then um you know those you're probably even more competitive and juices are flowing and you're you're taking that thing seriously so um it's easy to to kind of lose track of what you're doing run an extra you see people do you see people do extra stuff right that just recently happened right and and uh, i think the higher race so um, yeah yeah our, our buddy tara tara jackson tara. Is yeah that's a lot hemo of x yeah she, she put in an extra lap there but yeah oh, all good um so 
with your with your upcoming event, you've got two options that go through it. Um, where where exactly are you guys located? Because you're you're in you said West Palm. Yeah, and this uh, this race is taking place in West Palm. This is a, uh, a new venue for us, actually. So the first couple races were all held in uh, Tequesta, which is like 15, 20 minutes away from where we're at. Um, and that was kind of like an old um, uh, nature preserve type area. Um, this one's going to be at a, uh, a park that is uh, has a bike path on it that is um, has hills. We're in Florida, but this is actually a giant man-made hill. Um, oh. So people will actually be all of the runs of this race are uphill and downhill so you don't have any races on this or any uh interval laps on this one that are going to be flat so it's going to uh especially for us florida people it's going to be pretty challenging i'm excited about it but it's uh it's right in west palm beach so and then you say your 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 obstacles they're not high level but you do have a bunch of rigs in there and stuff so um, we do so. we do What's... so it, we, we change the rigs a little bit um yeah. and that's uh to me, that's the fun of it is, okay, I know there's going to be a rig there, but I don't know exactly what it's going to be. I, I get the point of like standardization um, and allowing people to train for things. And, but in the end, is any Spartan race really standardized? Because every, every race is a little bit different because no routes ever the same, you know, the conditions are never the same. So, um, you know, with our rigs, they're never going to really probably be the same. Um, and that's just because, you know, I think it's, I think that's an important part of this type of racing too, is just that mental challenge of seeing something new and like, let's just see what you got, you know, how, how, how well you've trained for everything. Um, I, I get it. If it was like, if we change the weights up on you and suddenly you have to lift, you know, 400 pounds and you're expecting to lift 200, but a variation on a monkey bar or American Ninja Warrior type rig, um, you know, I think it's, it's kind of a cool thing to have. So our, our rigs will be different every time. Sometimes they might end up a little bit more difficult. Sometimes they might be a little bit less difficult, but we'll always try to make it so that, you know, um, at least a portion of that rig is going to be able to be completed. We know for the, your average region warrior and then the back half of that rig, hopefully we'll get to the point where it's challenging the elite athletes a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, like I, I came from the ninja background too. So I always love, I love mixing up the rigs and stuff. Um, but so the problem, and that's why, why I kind of asked about it was you get into some people, especially like your average gym goer, who's going to say, okay, fine. I can go out there. I can run two and a half K or I can run five K. I can lift this amount of weight. I don't know that I can do that obstacle and I might get stuck there. If I get stuck there, what happens to me? So are you guys a mandatory completion or you get a band system? What's your, your system for that kind of deal? Yeah. So we're a band system for the elite waves. So it's, um, you gotta be able to complete it to to be eligible for prizes, right? I mean, if you can't do it, you turn in your band and you you go on your way. Um, yeah. Which is the system that I think has worked pretty efficiently at some uh, some other races. Um, I think when the band system first rolled out, maybe it wasn't great, but I feel like it. People kind of understand it now and and uh, kind of get the gist of it. I mean, we still have had a couple people, you know, put their band in their pocket or whatever and and try to move on, which is just hilarious to me but um for the most part i think it's it's pretty effective and again spectator friendly race like this like it's it's hard to get something past somebody because we have so many eyes watching you the whole time um but yeah i think uh i said i think that we have it set up the the rigs we we really try to think about what we're doing and um we have multiple people that come out and and help out with the uh, the setups of the race and the, the final final details and so we we test it out with a lot of different levels before um before race day so so what about the open wave do they just run their race kind of deal yeah 100 yeah so there's no i don't have we don't do prizes for open wave i mean you get your race medal if you want to go compare your time to other people's times i mean that's something that you can do but to me it never really made sense because you never know if people completed obstacles did burpees whatever it might have been um, so I think at that point, you know, the, the time is kind of cool to look at. Um, but you really have to compare yourself to, to yourself more than you can compare yourself to other people when it comes to open wave stuff. So you got this one coming up in August mm -hmm. and then what's in the future for you guys? What's coming up next? Yes. Yeah, so we usually have a race in January. This is, uh, this is our first August race. Um, it's going to be hot down here in Florida, which is going to add a whole nother element to it. But, uh, people seem to be excited by the, by the challenge. Um, so yeah, so we'll, we'll be looking at, uh, January. We're going to see how August goes as far as the two and a half K format and the five K format combined. Um, and then, uh, kind of decide how we'll do January. So we'll for sure have the five K option. And if the, uh, two and a half K goes off as good as I think it's going to, and I think it's going to be really popular, then we'll, uh, 
we'll be back hopefully a different venue in january so i'd like to uh to switch up the venues between the two events you know annually i think that that keeps it interesting too so so just a nice slow expansion that's a smart way to do it aka yeah. savage yeah yeah i yeah, know that's uh i love savage man they they still have a great vibe um, they i do. think they're doing everything awesome they really do. Like I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan of all the races. I have a great time at all of them, especially, and I, I do love the grassroots thing. We have another one up here called North of seven that has just done their first year coming up for their second year. And it's got yeah. that grassroots feel. We have a blast with that. I think a lot of people, when they go out to a race like yours or whatever, it, like you say, it reminds them back to the beginning when, yeah. it, you know, was so fresh and new and just everybody out there was having a good time. And yeah. And I, yeah, I feel like we have that right now for sure. And I don't want to lose that. I want to have the professionalism of like a Spartan race, right? Or a high rocks event. Like, but I, I want it to be like super clean, but I also want it to have the grassroots style. And I think it's, it's, uh, if you do it the right way, you can kind of merge the two. Um, so we're going to keep trying to, trying to do that. And like I said, I think Savage does a good job of that. You kind of know what to expect when you come to a Savage race. Um, what we don't want to do is, yeah, like the old school obstacle races where you just had neighborhood obstacles where it's like the handyman built, <laughs> built some obstacles in here. You know, like, I don't even know if I should go on this. Um, so we have that professionalism of a big race, but we have like the communities feel, I think of some of the smaller races, which is pretty cool. And, I, and I'd like to maintain that. So awesome, man. So when's the next date? When's the dates, uh, plug them out there so that people know where to sign up and how they can yeah. come down. Yeah. So you can sign up at nativexrace.com. Um, uh, the next one, like I said, is in West Palm beach and that's August 26th right? 2023. Um, after that, we'll be looking at late January. So we'll post that date, um, officially as soon as we're finished with the, uh, the August date. Just a thought, but this has been kind of the new thing uh, around and has been working for a lot of the other, other hybrid races. Are you ever considering doing a relay? Um, I actually, that's funny. Cause I was actually just listening to one of your podcasts before this. And I think you were talking about, was it the, uh, the R1 or RX1? RX1. Yeah. RX1. Yeah. So it sounded like you were talking about a relay there. Would they have a relay also? They do have a relay for their for their all star event. They have like a, a team a team event, yeah. Yeah, and I was uh, I was just thinking about that again. I've never personally participated in it in a uh, a relay race, but um, you know, for our gym, we have some like in house gym events that we do relay race stuff, and you know, people do definitely love it. So um, I think in the future that could be something that we you know we incorporate. Awesome, man. Well, thank you very much. I can't wait to get down there. I'm hoping January to make it down for that one. Um, yeah. I don't think I'd survive the heat of August, but um, maybe January will. And definitely uh, Tony Wade, January. Hey, yeah. We'll throw it down. All right, there. let's do it. So let's, uh, right. yeah, free race for you for sure. So come on down. All right. Thanks, Thanks so much, Chris. And thank you for putting on a great product. And everybody, check out NativeX. I appreciate it.